Welcome to Narrow Way to Broadway, a podcast for people of faith with a passion for the arts. Each episode is designed to foster community for the thespian and non-thespian and the believer and non-believer alike by navigating topics affecting the hearts, minds, and homes of artists everywhere. Thanks for joining. Alright everyone, what is up? Narrow Way to Broadway. This is Emma and Philip. We are coming, I always want to say coming at you live, but we're never live, so I don't know why I want to say that. I feel like a radio host. Um, but we are coming at you. We are this is a morning recorded episode, so you can probably hear the nice low alto range in my voice. Um, so enjoy that for this episode. But okay, so super cool, super different from what we're normally doing. Um we were kind of talking, and Philip can like chime in on this too, but we were like so blessed by all of the interviews that we've gotten to do this season. It's just been the coolest thing that God has used these people to just bless us so much. Um, and then we realized, you know, we, you know, Philip and I are the ones who are engaging with you all, our audience, just on the regular, on like a daily basis. And so we just kind of wanted to give you an opportunity to get to know us a little bit better um, and kind of know our hearts, not just our hearts from behind the podcast, but just kind of more of our testimonies, more of who we are, more of what God is doing in our lives so that, you know, the people who are on with you constantly and every week, uh, you feel like you know and you feel safe with. So today I'm going to be interviewing Phil Bo Baggins, Mr. Philip Brast. So say, hey, Philip. What's up, y'all? It's weird yeah. being on this side of things. <laughs> I know, but it's so exciting. So, okay, Philip, let's just dive right in. Okay. Let's do it. Philip Rast at Phil Bobaggins. Phil, I don't really even know nicknames for you, but okay. One thing that I was excited to talk to you about on this podcast that we've talked about at length um, is kind of this journey that you've had in terms of deciding to pursue full-time ministry in like the traditional sense of working for a church, leading worship, pastoring that, like all that jazz, and then pursuing theater or musical theater or acting in the traditional sense. Because I know that kind of at the beginning of this journey for you, you were deciding this when you were pursuing college, when you were deciding where to go. So I would kind of like just love to hear what that process was like for you. I know you were deciding pretty much between two schools and they would have taken you on very different paths. So would love for our listeners to hear a little bit about that journey and kind of why you decided where to go and all that good stuff. Oh, yes. So really how my story begins is back as a kid, you know, I was growing up in Christian daycare. And so I was learning church songs and Bible verses all the time. And I would um, force my parents and my family to listen to me recite them. And in every different home location, I had a specific spot where I would stand, where I would uh, do this ritual of probably saying the pledge to the American flag, singing the B-I-B-L-E, and um, you know, saying whatever Bible verse that I learned in preschool. And Things kind of went along like that. I was singing in like my church kids choir. And then I did my first play when I was seven years old, which was Oliver at my community theater. But up until that point, any arts that I had in my life came from the church. So that's where my love for theater really began because my church 
twice a year, once a year. I can't quite remember what they did when I was growing up, but we would do plays at our church. Um, and that was, I, I love them. That was like my favorite night of the year was when the kids program would do their church play, um, mm-hmm. or the Christian school at the church would do their play. And I get to go see that. And that was just like the coolest thing ever. So when I got to be in my first play at seven, I just like, and it was Oliver, like it's a bunch of like ratty little boys running around. Yeah. It was like the best. And I played sports and stuff like that. And just, you know, was never too great at it, but I found theater and I had all these guys in the first show that I ever did. And I was like, this is the place. Like, this is where I feel like I can thrive. Mm. And so growing up all through school, I like, I did 40, over 40 shows with my community theater from oh childhood through high school. And that's everything from like children's shows to main stage shows to designing lights for shows to working mm-hmm. backstage and just anything I could have done with my community theater I was doing. But yeah. on the flip side of that, I was also unbelievably involved in like my high school productions and just as much involved in my church. And um, I always had a hard time finding the balance between those things, but mm-hmm. I love them all equally. Mm-hmm. So while I'm doing all these shows in my school, um, show choir and stuff like that in high school, I'm also at my church working, not working, but spending a significant amount of time um, running the youth band for my church's mm-hmm. praise, my church's like youth praise band, and um, also in my church's youth choir, which I had like a big leadership position with. And my church is a pretty large church. So our church youth choir had over 100 kids there every Wednesday night for youth choir. Mm-hmm. And we would have about 150 to 175 people every single Wednesday night for our church youth group. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of responsibility that came along with that position. And so I'm juggling that as well as being in Les Mis and Ragtime and my show choir show that I'm doing all this stuff in and singing competitions. And I really felt God call me um, around my junior year of high school to some sort of full-time ministry. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I really ran away from mm. at first because, you know, it just didn't see, I was like, I wanted to make money. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to have a job where I was going to make money and be financially sound and solvent. But the two things that I was best at in life are the two places I love to be the most at the church and at the theater yeah. Um, not exactly. Are not exactly the most bags. financially lucrative. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. <laughs> yeah. And so when I'm like, I love doing theater, but also I love church work. Um, for some re- some way out of there, I convinced myself that I was going to become a dentist or orthodontist or something like that. Always. But God's like, I'm I'm calling you to serve me through yeah. the arts. Yeah. But growing up, I had never seen that happen. Um, okay. Yeah. And also I, I did want to ask before we dive into like your decision for college, like we've talked a lot about on this podcast about like calling and like feeling called to go. You know, I know we talked about it in Kayla's episode and I know we talked about it in Quentin's episode of like what it means to have God speak to you and say like, go here. Um, and so I kind of want to just know like specifically, like when you, you felt God like pulling you to full-time ministry, like what did, what did that look like? Like, was it a moment where God, you just was like, you just felt God be like, okay, you're going to do this. Or was it more like pursuing prayer and you feel like him guiding there? Cause I do want 
I do want to clarify that like when we're saying just for anyone listening who was like confused by that terminology of that verbiage, like God calling you to something or God like like guiding you towards something isn't necessarily him like putting an airplane, like spelling out letters in the sky. So just brief side note of like, Philip, what did that look like for you when you're saying like God called you to full-time ministry? Oh, yes. And thank you for like clarifying that. That is so important because everyone, God speaks to everyone in different ways. And for me, discovering that was a a specific moment that I remember Mm -hmm. when that calling hit my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, some people say that they can hear audible voices, voice Mm -hmm. of God, but I, I don't experience that. Um, you know, and I'm not saying that people don't experience that at all. I believe God can reveal himself in whatever way that he possibly, you, we can't even imagine the ways that God mm-hmm. could reveal himself to us. But to me, I remember I was coming back from a missions trip in Costa Rica with my church. And um, I remember, you know, you go into those kind of things very expectant and mm-hmm. the trip didn't live up to a lot of the expectations that I had for it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a lot of fun, but um, yeah, you know, I, I felt like there was something missing from it mm. and we flew back and on the flight, like as the plane took off the ground, I felt like just the like comfort of the Holy spirit hit me and I was mm. very overwhelmed and I cried the entire flight back to the United States. Iconic. And, um, then on the bus, as we were driving back to South Carolina, um, from the airport, I felt God, our youth pastor was going around and talking to each and every person on the bus mm-hmm. about like, what did you experience this week? Mm-hmm. And as he was doing, I was like, oh, I'm nervous. Like, I don't know what to say. Like I, you know, I, right. and then in that moment, I, I don't have like anything God. prepared. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and in that moment, I was like, I'm being called into ministry right now, mm-hmm. but I don't know what that looks like because I, I, don't feel like I'm being called to be a worship pastor somewhere or a pastor. Mm. And like, that's all I had seen. Mm. And, but I knew that God was like, I want you to use the abilities that I've given you to serve me. Mm. And so moving forward out of that, there was a lot of, as I mentioned just a couple minutes ago, soul searching and (laughs) on what that meant. And a lot of running away from that calling, because that is, a very scary calling with a lot of responsibility attached to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so fast forward a little bit, I ended up auditioning for the theater program at Coastal and somehow miraculously got into the program. (laughs) Um, It is the only BFA program that I auditioned for, the only theater program that I even remotely looked at. And I had absolutely no idea what I was auditioning for when I got there. So... (laughs) Uh, I had no idea. Like people were there and they're like, oh, I've auditioned at 20 schools. And I'm like, what? I just wandered in here. I'm lost actually. Where where am I? (laughs) Yeah. They're like, do you have another monologue? I'm like, you're supposed to have more than one monologue or two songs with you today? What do you want from me? (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that's... I got into that program. And at the same time, I had also applied to Liberty University, where I was going to where I was sort of just dipping my toes into like, okay, what if this happened? Also, Liberty, like a lot of 
Christian kids, that's on their radar because mm-hmm. Liberty is seeking you out like crazy and will call you 15 times a day to mm-hmm. talk about their school. Come on, pursuit. <laughs> if you give them your email, they will pursue you. Go and on. Yeah. So I ended up auditioning for them and had a really great opportunity with that school that would turn into something really cool where I was going to probably travel the country for the majority of my of my college career and Mm -hmm. sing and I also got into this theater program at Coastal and I got into the dental program at my local college and the decision came and yeah (laughs) and I just prayed and prayed and prayed through the season and I talked to people and mentors and they all had something different to say and I found absolutely no clarity or peace in that season. And mm-hmm. I remember the night before college decision day, which I can't remember what day that is. I May feel like first. May 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. I had the three t-shirts for the three colleges. This is crazy. Ew, like, this is so Sitting cringy. on my desk before I went to bed. And I was like, tomorrow, like by tomorrow morning, I have to make a decision. And, you know, I went to bed and I woke up in that morning And the first thing that I thought about was Coastal Carolina. And Mm. I was like, wow, that must be where God's calling me right now. Mm. And I was like, well, great. That's like a theater school and I'll get to go do theater and I won't have to go into ministry. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so did you sleep with in your bed with the T-shirts on your bed still? No, they were like on my dresser. Okay, I was expecting it to be like a full moment where like God literally like threw the other two shirts off the bed and Coastal was Coastal was literally on your body when you woke up miraculously, but it wasn't. You just had the thought. Would be cool, but that's not how that went down. Unfortunately, but yeah. So I ended up going to Coastal Carolina for theater, and um, yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I got to theater. But there was a lot of questions about what that ministry aspect of my life looked like and also like desires in my heart to kind of run away from the faith and get away from mm. um you know what I had grown up around yeah but yeah so what I was can your... continue <laughs> yeah kind of I mean the, the next question I literally had was like just surrounding because if okay here's the thing people if you've ever met Philip Brast he is just a bundle of joy, like just so happy all the time, always smiling, totally like the Holy Spirit is like so like alive in him. And so I would love to hear about your time spiritually talking about specifically like how you wanted to run away from the faith and like what were your challenges there or like what was your, what marked your time there in a way that was like also difficult and not just a constant upward climb spiritually. Yeah. Or were you Um, like, it was just great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the thing about like running away from the faith, especially when you've literally been in the church since you were in the womb, um, Mm -hmm. literally it's really hard. And, Mm. um, or at least that's what I experienced. And because my senior year, I was like still like running my like youth camp band and like all of the 
nighttime activities and like mm-hmm. games and stuff we would do in the evenings. Yeah. I was sort of in charge of and my social shocker. life still <laughs> Yeah, shocker. Um <laughs> my social life still circled around, centered around the church. And yeah. that's where a lot of my friends were. And I would say a lot. That's where all of my friends were. (laughs) And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to the school. And in my posture and in my outward appearance and walk, I was not running away from the church. Mm. But in my quiet time, my independent life away from the church, everything was about taking a step back. and saying, okay, I'm obviously I'm not going to like this Christian college now. I'm going to go to like the college in South Carolina that has the reputation for being a party school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've always been like the good kid. What mm-hmm. if I like am able to explore that? And mm-hmm. so like the summer leading up to <laughs> to college when they had like all these events you could go to at Coastal, like meet these kids that are going to be in your class and like your orientation day. And the people that I hung out at those events with were, I was like, okay, I need to find like the coolest people I can possibly find because I want to be a cool kid when I go to college. And and hang out with the cool kids, become a cool kid. Exactly. And so I was like, great, great. And I like all the people I connected with before school were like cool kids. And I was like, the theater kids like, yeah, I'm going to like probably like do all this like join fraternity and stuff like that which if you're in a fraternity or sorority amazing like great for you i'm so happy for you that was not um what eventually happened for me but i Mm. was betting that i was going to join a fraternity and like live that life and um i didn't know any of this and i'm literally shaken to my (laughs) core (laughs) literally philip living this rat life i can't the, the mental picture that is now burned into my mind is such a blessing. So, yes, I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. But mm-hmm. I got to school day one of college and I move in. My parents leave and say goodbye. And then about 30 minutes later, these people come knock on my door. It was um, two girls and they were like, hey, we're having a um, kind of like gathering down at the pavilion in between your apartment complex. Like, you, you should come and hang out to meet some people. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Like I'm a freshman in college. I'd love to meet people. And mm-hmm. I get there and guess what the event was? <laughs> All of the day? Christian church ministries uh-huh. meeting together to welcome yep. kids to college. And I got there and I was like, God, get out. you're kidding me. <laughs> and so I get there and there's actually a couple people from the theater program down there. And, um, are actually the first person we ever had on the episode uh, on the podcast, Michaela Getz, who is an OG founder of um, the precursor, yes. I should say the um, the overture to what we're doing right now, Narrowing yeah. Broadway. She um, was the first one of the first people I met at Coastal, yeah. and she was there at my audition day for Coastal, and she was iconically the girl that threw the chair in the monologue workshop. And, um, (laughs) and so, you know, I, at that moment I was like, God, like, what are you doing? Like, and of course I got involved because I can't say no to joining an organization that wants, that's like, Hey, come. And I'm like, yes. Yes. You're like, I don't even care. I might be bad at it. I might have no passion for it whatsoever, but put me on the board. Yes. I'm ready. So 
I ended up joining like seven Christian clubs and the thought of running away from the faith was like, oh gosh, I wish I could. But like, these people are so great. And like, Mm -hmm. for the first time in my life, I was, you know, being served by the church Mm. instead of serving in the church. Okay. Which I feel like is is a really interesting conversation. Like, it is so important for people to get involved and served in the church, but growing up, it had become my job. Yeah. And I, it wasn't the church's fault necessarily. Like the church gave me a lot of responsibility, but it had no longer become something that was actually a part of my faith. Mm. It became, I had to go there cause I had to like run the sound system and like create the PowerPoint slide and like right. learn the music and, right. um, you know, run sing the, the church songs and yeah, run the youth group and like, <laughs> This is my this is my responsibility. I, yeah. I had no faith connection on the inside to the church. Yeah. For the first time when I got to college, I had people pouring into me. Right. Um, yeah. W- yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, sweet. So fla- flash forward. I don't know why I forgot what that phrase was, but here I am. Okay, flash forward. You're at Coastal and you got to work some pretty pretty cool jobs. You worked at is it the Phoenicia International Festival of the Voice? Yes, the Phoenicia International uh, Festival, Festival of the, the Voice. Voice. Sounds so fancy. You worked at the Lost Colony for two summers. Mm-hmm. And then right after graduation, you worked at the Barter Theater, which is kind of what I'm hoping to focus on, if that's okay with you. Um, mm-hmm. And then you worked at the Greenbrier. But when you were at the Barter Theater, so okay, this is after graduation, four years, killed it. Um, you're at the Barter Theater for 16 months, which is in Abington, Virginia. Um, and something that I know like marked your time there. That was a huge part of their kind of, full, I don't know if philosophy, you can like confirm or deny that, but is like theater as theater as service. And I know you just talked about, you know, being served by the church or serving in the church. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about your time at Barter and kind of like how the Lord worked through um, like your time there. Oh, yes. So, <laughs> oh, yes. Um, I love the Barter Theater with my whole heart. It's in Abingdon, Virginia. It is the oldest professional theater in the United States. Um, I'm obsessed with them. If you ever have the slightest opportunity to go see something there or work, if you have the opportunity to work there, you simply must. Um, And I got so fortunate to get a Barter Player apprenticeship with them Mm -hmm. as soon as I graduated from college and I moved there 10 days after graduation and I was there for 16 months and um yeah their whole philosophy is serving people through art specifically the people of Appalachia and that mindset coming out of a a specifically senior year of college that was Mm -hmm. all about what I had to it's very self-centered you know and that's just the nature of it you're like trying to figure out who you are as an artist yeah. at college and what I, yeah, you're working on branding with your websites and showcase yeah. and the way you talk to agents and all yeah. sorts of stuff like that. And so getting to barter and barter has what makes barter super unique is they are an equity. They are a Lort theater in a regional area, a Lort D theater. Um, so this is all equity stuff. I'm sorry if this stuff goes over your head, but they are an equity theater company. So they are union and they have a resident company, which means they have a core company of actors that perform in all of the shows 
that happen at the theater company that are employed mm-hmm. as full-time performers with the company. Mm-hmm. And some of them have been there for upwards of 20 years working Whoa. for the barter. And they are also on top of that, a repertory theater. And mm-hmm. a lot of companies call themselves a repertory theater, but barter is a true repertory theater. So what that means is there are five shows running at any given time between the two different spaces. So that means you could go up one weekend and see five different plays Mm. at one time. So every season has like an unbelievable amount of shows in it and options for audience members. And every actor that's working at the theater company is performing in two shows as well as rehearsing two to three shows at any given time. So it is a monster. These are the hardest working people. And the reason why this place works, I believe, is because they are completely focused on serving people with their Mm -hmm. art. And like I said, coming out of the college situation that is very self-centered towards the end of your time in college into a place that was completely selfless Mm -hmm. with their art. um, Yeah. What does that look like? Like, what does that mean? Because or I guess like tangibly, like how do you think it was a lot of the conversation that was surrounding like in rehearsals or was it, was it specific notes you would get or was it like um, just the air of the whole place? Like how, how, how did, you know, theater as service manifest at the barter theater? Yeah. It really comes down to (laughs) denying yourself. Okay. Uh, Yep. And you know, it, 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 a big part of it was this is b- the thing that I'm doing right now is so much bigger than me doing Singing in the Rain or mm-hmm. me doing Princess and the Pea. Mm-hmm. Um, this this specific production that I'm doing is something that's going to help create connection in the community of people that are in this room. Mm-hmm. And it's going to ha- – it has the power – to help people empathize with other yeah. people's situation. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big part of how barter serves. And it's the focus of the service is to help people discover empathy and realize yeah. how important um, that is right. in your life. And, you know, I think theater is the best place to do that. But yeah, um, I was just going to say, I feel like, like it's so cool when like the, the like when people talk about the mission of theater or the mission or like why they do theater and you could literally copy and paste their words and it's simply also our mission as believers in so many ways exactly i'm like this is the same thing <laughs> yeah exactly and for me what how this kind of like t- what was going on in my faith during this time like I mean, I did 20 different productions in the course of 16 months and in like national tour, I like was constantly doing things out of my comfort zone. A big motto of barter theater is run to the fear Yes, and um, doing the things that scare you the most, not that are dangerous, the things that are (laughs) artistically scary to you the most to in, in return, open up your mind to doing more things and Mm -hmm. taking yourself out of the box that other people have possibly put you in, which that is something that like heart wise changed my life during that period. Cause I was like set in a type and I wasn't even going to like consider doing anything other than what was in my boy next door leading man type. And then at barter, I got to play thing two and a 
woman named Mrs. Wright, who is a second grade, emotionally unstable teacher and Santa Claus and, um, you know, yeah, it, a worm, like I got (laughs) to do ridiculous stuff at this theater company that like broke down a lot of walls and what that was doing in my heart and my faith, I didn't realize, um, Mm -hmm. at the time, but I've come to realize, especially over the past couple months, um, as I think we'll learn moving a little forward, a little farther into this interview. Yeah. Um, but God was just preparing me to face a lot of scary things Yeah. that, um, in a lot, he was helping break down a lot of walls and, um, fear and anxiety in my life mm-hmm. through yeah. that run to the fear motto and yeah. that lifestyle at barter. And yeah. I wasn't actively involved in a ch- in a church while I was there, just because I just simply did not have time. Yeah. Um, while I was at this contract, and I tried to have quiet time, but it was just so hard because I had, you know, I can give excuses all day. I just wasn't keeping up with my relationship with Christ like I should yeah. have while yeah. I was there. But during this time, He was doing such an unbelievable work in my life that, you know, completely transformed me yeah wow that's so cool so cool i i love the barter story i love run to the fear i like want to get it tattooed on my body because i feel like it's such a i feel like it's it requires so much bravery and i feel like there are so many things in theater and in our faith where like we are just required to do so you know it's like otherwise it just wouldn't be considered faith at all if you're not like if there are things that are like not scaring you um, but yes. Okay. So, and then you worked at the Greenbrier, which was like a fun resort in West Virginia as a, as Karen, what was her, who's Zach and Cody's mom? Karen? Carrie. Yeah, Carrie, would... Carrie, the hotel singer. That was you. Um, but now you've been like quarantined during Corona with your family in Florence, South Carolina, shout out to the Rast house. Um, but I know that this time for you has been like really a season of spiritual richness and spiritual development where there's been a lot, you know, going back to where you were raised in the faith is very different as an adult. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are kind of experiencing that same thing right now. So I would love for you to just briefly, before we talk about, you know, your next season and how like God has used this season to prepare you for that next one. How has this quarantine you know, change maybe this perception of church that you had as a kid or how have you developed spiritually? Because I know God has really been meeting you um, in Effingham. Yes. And oh, little town of Effingham. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So sort of leading into this quarantine season, I, like Emma said, was working up at the Greenbrier Resort as an entertainer and while I was there I got connected with an unbelievable church mm-hmm. and they have such a big emphasis on not necessarily the arts I'd say but on allowing everyone in their church to use the abilities that God's blessed them with and a big part of that included you know different creative arts elements integrated into the weekly services. So 
Um, for example, there was like a silk aerialist artist one Sunday morning. Uh, it was like Christmas Sunday morning doing this uh, aerialist act to a beautiful song about cr- the different ways Christ's body was wrapped. It was beautiful. Um, but also they would bring in um, Christian artists all the time to s- have concerts at the church. And they did like they're at the movie series and they um had this like greatest showman moment that they did and we did this like grew versus captain america moment on my second week at the church they're like hey you want to be a part of this and i'm like why not put me in (laughs) put me in coach put me in and i got there and these people creatively were like we want to hear your you know like what you have to say and you're like opinions about how we can creatively serve the people of our church in a different way than just through music. Um, Mm. And at the same time, similar um, story going on is over at the resort, we, we did a Christmas show that was the Brooklyn Tabernacle show that's completely faith-based. So I'm getting paid the most money I've ever been paid in my life as a performer um, to sing God's prayer, like to literally worship God on a nightly basis at Christmas. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm working at this church and they're like really feeding into my life. And I could feel God working so profoundly during Mm -hmm. that season. Um, but also I was pretty alone and, um, I did have some community up there, but it was the first place where I spent a lot of time by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of time alone with God while I was at the Greenbrier and then quarantine hit and I had already been kind of alone for nine months in West Virginia and I got laid off from that contract and now I am back home in Effingham and ever since I was here sort of day one, um, God was like, I'm going to use, I'm going to use this. And one thing that happened is I, um, you know, randomly applied for this internship with a with the church and I started getting far through the process and I thought that was something, this internship was something I was going to get to do. And then it ended up not happening because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, uh, that sucks, but oh, well, it just wasn't God's plan. But through that um, original internship with a very, very, very large, well-known church, um, where I was going to be working with a production of uh, their production team that is like internationally known for the amazing things that they do. And um, I ended up that ended up not happening. But God was like, I want you to keep leaning into this. And I'm like, wait, whoa, whoa. what, God? Like, you are you is this you making me go into ministry now? <laughs> You're like, this is rude. You're kidding me. Come on. Like I had to go all the way this direction. I went to theater school and I could have just gone to Liberty or something and got my worship pastor degree and like been working in a church all the time. But on like day one, when that whole process was going down, I was like, I could see God's kingdom plan working out and the different steps that he's brought me on to get to this current place. Mm. So clearly there was so much clarity. Um, in the fact that like God has used every moment and direction that I've taken in my life to move me closer to him. 
right. um, in this season. And it all has culminated with this time that I have honestly been praying for of being able to just breathe in um, God's goodness and have rest. And mm. in this season of, uh, of rest and, um, you know, God just putting a pause on things, he has so clearly spoken what my calling for my next season of life is going to be. And um, for me, that is like, figuring out a way along with near way to Broadway starting during all this, um, you know, LOL. But during all this, he was like, I'm, I have been calling you to something that is starting to exist in churches, but that has never existed. And I think Mm -hmm. that is ministering to the creative voices inside and outside of the church. And Mm -hmm. like we talk about with near way to Broadway, kind of helping fill the gap that has Mm. existed in between the world of church and the world of the performing arts, but art specifically, um, realizing that those two things don't have to be exclusive from one another. Um, And like good art, good art, you know, like not just like, like I remember when I was like five or something, my church was like, ah, we got to cater to the creative voices. It was like just, just when people realized that like you can be a Christian, but also like, I don't know, maybe have like an artist's life. And I remember they were like, ah, we got to do something during service. So literally they just got me and two of my friends. I'm like five years old. And they were like, we're going to just play the song singing in the rain. And you're going to wear rain boots and a rain jacket and a rain hat. And you're just going to look cute. And you're literally just going to run in a circle (laughs) around the stage for church. And I was like, okay, I'm five. I'm like, I like to perform. And I remember literally, I was like, is this what the creative arts in the church is going to be? (laughs) Yeah. And you you know, that specifically has become such a a passion of mine. And I think there's so many organizations, like we are on the forefront of something really big. I think that's coming when it comes to the church embracing the arts I mean, I think about companies like Sight and Sound that are, you know, bringing the Bible to life in unbelievably grand ways. Right. <laughs> and if you've never seen one of those their productions, I highly recommend Jesus specifically. I've never seen them in person. I recommend Jesus. Their production, I, re- I do recommend Jesus, but the production, <laughs> Jesus, about the life of Jesus is truly astounding that there is a company that millions of people come to every year and a lot mm-hmm. of their a lot of what they're doing is is catering specifically to a christian audience and there are companies that are doing that out mm-hmm. there but i know there's also companies that are um you know trying to reach people with their mm-hmm. art for christ i know there's um an organization called the fellowship of performing artists that is touring this uh, one-man production called the greatest convert the story of c.s lewis Mm-hmm. Um, about how C.S. Lewis came to find Christ as a young adult. Yeah. And um, it's just astounding. And I think the lack in the church is so far, all of our Christian stories have been about, um, I guess, I guess like how God has like worked in someone's life, but we've never get to see the real transformation process. Right. Um, and I know we just talked about this a little bit in Miriam's episode, yeah. but we never with cre- Christian art really get to see the down and dirty parts yeah. of the Christian faith. Um, 
or the and I pre think, the parts of Christian like pre Christian faith of like why yeah. the Christian faith even like came to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And another thing, another piece that I like to throw out there for you to check out is the Chosen. If you haven't watched the Chosen yet, it is so good. And for the first time, I feel like on film we we see these biblical characters as real people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's going to be such an important thing. And the church is ready in a lot of aspects for mm-hmm. and has the equipment and the abilities to be able to bring art to their audiences in a yeah. way that the entertainment industry can't. I mean, if you think how many people went out to see Avengers Endgame, like everyone in America, for the most part, mm-hmm. <laughs> went yeah. and saw that movie in the movie theater. What can Christians do? that's going to get America to come out to the movie theater. And Mm -hmm. why aren't we exploring that possibility right now? Yeah. And I think that's a big part of what God's calling me to. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know the answer to that question, but in this next season of my life, if you want me to go into this, I guess I can. (laughs) Yeah, no, literally that was my next bulletproof. You're just simply reading my mind. So great. Great. What does the next season of your life look like? Yeah, so this is kind of you're hearing it first here at Narrowway to Broadway. Ooh, um, the inside yeah, scoop. exclusive, exclusive information. But um, I have been involved with New Spring Church for a while now, um, in and out of my life, and they kind of when they came to Florence, South Carolina. Which, if you don't aren't familiar with New Spring Church, they're a series of like it's a lot of campuses specifically around the state of South Carolina. Um, they're one of the fastest growing churches in the country. They're absolutely amazing. Um, and while I've been home, I've got to spend a lot of time with them. I went there for on and off while I was in college. Um, I served at that church. And since I've been home, I've been playing, like I said, at um, like little small gatherings they've been having during um, the coronavirus. And they announced that they were... Um, going to be taking on some interns for the next coming season. So I applied for um, a creative arts intern position with New Spring Church up in Clemson, South Carolina. So I ended up getting the position. Whoop. Yeah. Won't he so, do it? <laughs> so in just a couple of weeks, I'm going to be moving up to Clemson and I'm going to be working with them as the creative arts intern where we're going to be working to help create community between the people with creative minds and artistic abilities in the church, hopefully to help their voices um, be heard within the congregation of the church and be able to open up more creative possibilities for artists and creative inside the church specifically. Um, And hopefully that will help create change out in the community and bring more people in and um, I think it's going to be a really cool season of my life to get to work inside the church for real, for real, and be able to learn how to minister to people, specifically artists, yeah. so that if full-time ministry, working directly in the church is what I'm going to be called to full-time um, mm-hmm. in my life, then I will have the skills. If not, like going back into the industry, auditioning for shows and being on stage and performing or whatever God's calling me to next. God, during this season, I feel like is really going to equip me on how to be able to minister to my fellow artist. Boom. That's so good, Philip. How 
can our audience, this is such a fun question to ask now because they like know you now, but how can we be praying for you? Like, how can this community be praying for you or rallying alongside you? Also, like if you're, well, okay. I don't know if I'm like offering this, but I feel like you're fine with this vote. But if you are a student in Clemson or at Anderson University or like in the surrounding area, like hit Philip up. He would love to talk to you and just get to know what your life is like there because he's going to be moving there. And I'm sure, you know, with the coronavirus, it's definitely tricky. But, you know, if you're looking for just someone to talk to you about faith and theater or just about anything, I literally am volunteering you to be a friend to people, Philip. But I but I know that that's okay with you. So, yeah, I don't know if you mentioned you did mention you're going to be in Clemson. But, yeah, that's amazing. So how can we be praying for you? Yeah, specifically how you can be praying for me is continued clarity from Mm. God on this whole situation of what's going to come of it. And I pray that uh, one of my prayers right now, and I know that we've talked about, is that God just continues to give me confidence in um, specifically the words that I speak to people. Mm. Um, A thing that I've struggled with, it's so funny being an actor that my words have never seemed like something that are worthy to be heard Mm -hmm. by other people, even though Mm -hmm. I've gotten to do so much cool stuff in my life. And like God has given me, um, I don't know, what's the word? Um, I don't want to say positions of leadership where speaking is a part of it when it comes to like speaking is the thing that I feel like I'm the absolute worst at in my life. And God's like, you're literally not. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I've used you, use your words. um, Yeah to get you this far, like you're going to continue. And I'm just pray that God will give me, I would love for you to be praying and I'm praying for God to help me continue to find confidence in the words and the ideas that I have to share with people, as well as that God will um, eliminate any fear about, you know, being able to share what I, um, what God's put on my heart about. Yeah artist and not feeling uncomfortable about like speaking what I believe. I also think another, I think a cool thing too, that can be prayed for in this is like, even if God doesn't want to like necessarily give you all the confidence in the world of your speaking, like I just think about the old Testament when Moses, like when God is calling Moses and he's like, okay, dude, like here we go. And Moses is like, God, I am not good at talking. Like I literally don't really know what I'm doing. And God's like, you can do it. And he's like, no, no, no. Like I really, I really don't feel confident. So God literally like gives him Aaron and Mm -hmm. Aaron acts as like Moses's mouthpiece. But, and when we think of the old Testament, I always think of Moses. I'm like, oh yeah, Moses, like, come on, Egypt, come on, let my people go. But then truly Aaron was alongside him this whole time acting as his mouth mouthpiece. So I think that like also in prayers for confidence and boldness in your speech, like prayers for mentorship and partnership and like a pairing that can be complimentary or like an, in a, in a way that like God can use other people in your life to complement the, you know, the gifts that he's given you as well. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Come so much. On. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Um, fierce. Well, as we close out, now that we know you and people can be praying for you, where can people find you, Philip? Ex- yes. Mm-hmm. So um, you can find me on Facebook, Philip Rast. I am, I think, the only Philip Rast on Facebook. So um, mm. it shouldn't be pretty difficult to find me. 
and you can friend me there. You can message me, whatever you want to. Um, or you can follow me on Instagram at Philbo Baggins 96. Um, yes. And uh, also, you know, if you just message us or send us a direct message on Narrow Way to Broadway's page, me and Emma both see those messages. So yeah. you can reach out to me there if you want to talk or text or email or anything. Like, literally, I am available. I would say all the time, except for when I'm at work. But any yeah. other time than that, like I want to talk about this because mm-hmm. the only way that we're going to, I figure out, I, I feel like figure out answers or mm-hmm. receive guidance from God is to talk about um, what the world, what a world where the church and the arts are fully functioning together mm-hmm. in a healthy body of Christ relationship yeah. um, together is to talk about it. Um yeah. And so call it. me, please call me. And like Emma said, yeah, if you're up in Anderson or Clemson or Greenville and you're listening to this um, and you're going to be there um, for a little while, like hit me up because I'll probably have opportunities for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I would love to get to know you and yeah, I can't wait to share with, share more with you. And, you know, I feel like speaking to our podcast specifically in mm-hmm. season number two coming up very soon oop, oop, um, oop. with the things that God's teaching me while I'm working yeah. up at New Spring. I love it. I love it, Philip. Well, thank you for taking the time to let me interview you online and you're the best and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. You're the best. I'll see you on the Instagram. Bye y'all. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Narrow Way to Broadway podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. We release new episodes the first and third Monday of the month. For more information on what we're up to, follow us on Instagram at inwaybway.